Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or sometimes, well, we just want to talk about them. I'm the host for this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined, as ever, by Alice Oliver. And it was her turn to pick this week, so she has picked Freaky Friday from 2003. So, let's get stuck in. Alice. Yes, Josh. It's Friday. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta we'll get, get sued, freaky we'll get on sued. Friday. We'll get oh, sorry, oh, shit, yeah, that Don't was over us. four Come seconds. On. Come on. Uh, it's Freaky Friday from 2003. Um, so you picked this one. Mm-hmm. 2003, guys. So it's been out for 20 years this year. 20th, year, 20th anniversary. Oh. <gasps> hey, it is. Um, oh, that's cool. Is that why you picked it? Yes, that was intentional. Yeah, that was definitely I am in very smart <laughs> at when I pick my films. Um, we, had, so, we had Gentlemen Before Blondes when it was Marilyn Monroe's birthday. Was, yeah. And now it's the anniversary of Freaky Friday. <laughs> I have got my um, finger on the pulse. Happy Freakiversary, everybody. Spoiler one is if you've not seen this film that was released 20 years ago and has been remade three times at least. Wow. Alice, you pick this one then. So I'm, I'm, I'm itching to get stuck into this one. To be honest <laughs> with you, I want to know what is it about for people who don't know, and why did you pick it? Apart from the fact that it's 20 years old, happy freaky anniversary. <laughs> so Freaky Friday is a Disney film. So it's a light-hearted fantasy comedy based on a novel from the 70s. So a mother and daughter, played by Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan, aren't quite seeing eye to eye. So to force them to see each other's perspectives and make peace with one another, an elderly Chinese woman gives them magic fortune cookies that causes them to switch bodies. So the mum, Tess, has to navigate the world of high school, living her daughter's life in her daughter's body, while Anna has to try and go to work as a therapist, arrange a wedding and look after her son as her mum. After the trials and tribulations that come with a body swap, the two finally see eye to eye, have a nice emotional moment and switch back. Um, That's it in a nutshell. Why did I pick it? So I thought it might be underrated. I Mm. thought similar similar vibes with a Cinderella story. Mm. I thought, I wonder if people didn't like this. Just my look as well. Just by like, ah, oh, yeah, go ahead, Lindsay. Um, so I looked, I looked up the the scores on this, and I do still think it's underrated, but perhaps not in the way that I originally right. expected. Okay. Um, I don't really think it's underseen financially. It was a commercial success. Yeah, yeah. I reckon there's a bit of a target audience, isn't there? Probably families and young women. So I don't, you know, you're probably isolating quite a huge chunk of, you know, your audience there. I can't imagine grown men. Maybe you are. Maybe you watch this on your own, Josh. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe you they're watch watching it for a it. podcast. You Indeed. Know? Just... Um, 
but I reckon because of the style of film as well, it might mm. be it m- might be quite isolating for some people. Um, but yeah, mostly I reckon it might be a tiny bit underrated. A little bit underrated. Okay, so obviously mm-hmm. as we touched on there, this is our second, I believe, second Lindsay Lohan film. Yes. Would you call yourself a low fan? I'm a, I'm a bit of a low fan. Yeah, a I a, seem yeah, to so, enjoy everything yeah. I see her in, to be honest. Yeah. I think when she's on screen, I think you know you're going to have a good time. Mm. Like, she's just always in, like, these really kind of big, bold, fun, funny films. And this is peak Lohan as well. It is, This is a yeah. peak Lohan when everyone became a low fan. It's just, it's the year before Mean Girls, I think, just before. Yeah, it is, yeah, 2000, yeah. I think, think, yeah, around that time, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's our second second Lohan film, which made you become a low fan, and then if we do a third one, we can have a low hat trick. So, Sounds good, sounds yeah. good, I'm sure I can pick one, I'm sure I can find <laughs> I, one. I, I don't know if I, well, what else has she done? Confessions of a Teenage right, so Drama Queen, is it? Netflix released a Christmas film. With her as the star last okay. Christmas. I can't is. remember what it was called, but I watched it and my expectations were on the floor. But I watched it, Josh, and I had a great time <laughs> watching right. it. Okay, so maybe well. I'll pick that one. I'll keep that in my pocket for Christmas this year. Um, so had you seen Freaky Friday? So so I wasn't sure. I'd definitely okay, yeah. seen bits of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if I'd ever seen it all the way through. I knew the plot because it's a body swap movie. So mm-hmm. the body swap movie in its own way is a, it's almost a subgenre of like comedy mm. romance etc isn't it and everyone they're all very similar in the premise and they're all very similar in the way that they're usually designed and the outcome they're designed to get which is like you say in this which is not seeing iti walk a mile in my shoes learn mm. a little bit now we mm-hmm. see iti and we all learn a little bit about each other on the way along mm-hmm. the way sort of thing so I knew what I was getting into, but I don't think I'd ever sat and watched it start to finish. I don't mm-hmm. think. I certainly didn't remember it, all of it. Like, okay. I didn't remember the fortune cookie thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it just happened. Right. Um, okay. for, for example. So let's get stuck into it then. Um, what did you like about it, having watched it again? So I actually think that this is a pretty decent film, you know, and that it's constructed in a much more sophisticated way than I was expecting when going into it this time around. So there is a lot of show don't tell, I reckon, to get you to understand who these characters are in a very short space of time. So if we take the opening sequence, we see Tess and Anna, they're kind of going about their typical morning before school or work. And Tess is doing yoga, but she's having to paint her nails while she's doing yoga. And then she goes down downstairs and there are multiple mobile phones and beepers all going off and she very quickly has to sort out some breakfast for her son Harry. So you get the audience understand that she is a very busy lady, right? She is business, business, no, business. No I'm smart a very phones. Bu- no, I'm a very bu- no, no, just flip, flip just, phones and beepers, right? Just beeping all the time. <laughs> I know, yeah. All the beeps all the time. And I really like that. And I feel like you you got a lot of that throughout the film. So like there wasn't any big shouting downstairs of her going like, Anna, you need to get up for school because I need to go to work to my very important job as a therapist. And I'm also planning a wedding that you're not happy about. And I'm so busy. There wasn't any of that. Like it was just, here's five minutes to understand mm. who this woman is and who her daughter is. Exactly. And I really enjoyed that whole sequence. I thought it was, it it did its job very well. And you come away from it, I think, knowing exactly who these people are. Um, And I just didn't expect that, I think, from this sort of film. Like, I just expected the script and, and the sort of character development and just how the characters are to be a bit more simple and clear and overt. So I was really impressed for the most part that they did it that way. And you just got so many more visual clues about what these people are like and about the story and about their relationship with one another 
instead of them just telling us all the time. So I was really impressed, Josh, I'll be honest. So when was the last time you think you watched this then apart from for this? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, year, years ago, maybe like maybe late teens. So, so what made you put this on your list then? I think I, it might have been after I'd thought about um, a Cinderella story. Mm. And then because that kind of made me think of this as well. And again, it was just like, oh, similar to um, what was it? Oh, you know, with long, um, long nine yards, the whole nine yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I couldn't remember what that film was about at all. But all I remembered was the feeling that it gave me when Enjoying I watched it. it yeah. Yes, I remember it being a pleasant experience. And it was similar with this. Like when I remember it, when I think about like when I watched it, I remember that being a positive mm. experience and actually enjoying it probably a lot more than I thought I would. Because it's a little bit different from Terminator and Alien and all the other, and you know, Runaway Train and all the films that my dad was showing me. <laughs> so I was like, oh no, this is Tremors. actually pretty good. <laughs> Tremors. Oh, love Worm, it, love worms. It. worms. Uh, what else love then? The what else worms. did you like? Well, uh, before I go on, Josh, I, I'm itching to know, what did you think about this? So overall, I had a good time. Pretty good, didn't it? Yeah, I liked it. I did. It was. I mean, it was exactly what I thought I was going to get. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like fast food. I ordered a Big Mac. I got a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there is a lot. It is formulaic, which we'll come on to later on. But sometimes there is comfort to be had in the formula and in uh-huh. knowing what the beats are going to be and in knowing where. Almost where to look for the comedy as well in, in, in certain places as well. So I enjoyed it. I thought there was great performances. I thought it was pretty mm. heartwarming. I thought it was pretty, you know, there's some pretty funny sort of comedy beats throughout it. I laughed multiple times. I laughed at this more than I've laughed at some other comedies that we've done. Um, oh, a lot of 2003 related um, things to laugh at in terms of the clothes. Oh, the, fa- sure. the fashion, the music. It was a oh. godless time, Alice. A godless time for fashion. A godless <laughs> time back. for, for hair, for music, <laughs> for fashion. Um, and it's dated so quickly as well. Like, that's only mm-hmm. 20 years ago. But uh, but anyway, yeah. So a lot, I liked a lot about it. I'll let you Excellent. go now, but we'll, and we'll come back to more of what I liked. But overall, I had a pretty good time. Knew what it was going to be, and it delivered. Oh, well, I am absolutely thrilled to hear that. So, uh Good, good for me. Good for me for picking this one. Um, so from a technical point of view, I thought some of the camera work was really interesting. So there's a lot of handheld cam in this. Mm. And I think it it kind of adds to the chaos of the story because everything is a little bit chaotic. And it sort of conveys the idea that nothing is quite what it seems because there is a mystery to it. It's like, how is... How has this happened? What is the magic that has allowed this body swap to happen? Mm. And I think that the, using the handheld cam and the kind of the wobbliness and the crookedness that comes with that was really effective. But then it was also, I thought, quite indicative of the turbulence occurring between oh. Tess and Anna and their relationship. Analysis. You know what I'm I know. Analysis, guys. Come on. But I, I totally felt it, man. Um, but the real, the real star of the show for me is probably the performances and obviously particularly Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan. So I had always thought Jamie Lee Curtis was great, right? But when I saw her in True Lies for the first time when we did it for this podcast, like my jaw was on the floor. I didn't realise how captivating, how sexy and how alluring she could be. And she was just brilliant in this, both as Tess, 
but then as Anna in her body. And I think she's perfect for this role as well because she feels really grounded and she brings an air of authenticity to the role that I think really helps the viewer to connect to the story and to the characters. So it could have been so easy for the mum character to be like really over the top, almost be like a almost Disney-esque villain, a bit like Jennifer Coolidge in a Cinderella story. And I do love Jennifer Coolidge in that, but she is a bit like a cartoon character. Whereas in this, Jamie Lee Curtis as Tess, like, I just, you could believe her. Like, I just believed her. I believed that she was a real person. So then she and Lindsay have obviously, they've got two roles to play each, which is quite a challenge in and of itself. But I do think they both did a really great job. Lindsay does a brilliant stroppy teenager. So with obviously all the inevitable quotes, you're ruining my life and I'll kill myself <laughs> and all that. Like, it was so just like... Just what you would expect. Yeah. It's like, if, what? How would you? How would you exhibit? How would you show? How would you demonstrate a stroppy teenager? And she just nails it. But then, also, most of the characters around them, I thought, did a pretty good job as well. And Josh, I completely forgot that Chad Michael Murray was in this <laughs> film. I completely forgot he was in there. So somehow. We have now done two Chad Michael Murray films on this podcast, and I definitely did not see that coming when I signed up for this. Just films and Chad? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know he was in it. So like I said, I thought I'd seen bits of it before, but I had no idea he was in it. And I, I, I will say, I think he's much better in this than he is in a Cinderella story, because he yeah, has more to do. Mm-hmm. In a Cinderella story, he's not bad, he's just... There, he's there to be the handsome Prince Charming character. Mm-hmm. And he's a bit wooden, isn't he, in it? Whereas in this, he is still handsome. He's a handsome man. He can't help mm-hmm. it. But he has more to do. He is, he's a little bit more goofy. He's a little bit more dweeby. He's a little bit more grungy. And he has that moment where he's like singing outside that house. And he's not, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. not cool. He's shit at singing. And, he, you know, mm-hmm. it's that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I didn't realize he was in this. But, yeah, he's good in it. Yeah, he's great. I quite liked that when he's singing so badly. Hit me baby one more time, but the like the bowling for soup version, I think it is, not the Britney <laughs> Spears version. And I was like, fair play, Chad. Like I didn't know he could I didn't know that he could take the mick out of himself like that. Like, because mm. the problem is obviously seeing him so much in One Tree Hill. He's very serious in One Tree Hill, you know, he's very broody and very miserable and all this. So I didn't think he could take the piss out of himself, but in this I thought he, he did a really good job. <laughs> um so what about you, Josh? What else? What did you like about this film? So, what was the standout thing for you, do you think? Yeah, I mean, the, to touch on it, a couple of things. Um, it, it is a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. So there's some mm. good, fu- there's funny moments with the script. There's funny moments with the performances or misdirection, stuff like that. Some like really great little throwaway lines. Like, for example, someone says at one point, this morning was good, but then I got up. Yeah, which made me laugh. There's a bit of misdirection in there where she's talking to someone on her Bluetooth headset mm-hmm. and the receptionist or someone she's talking to, someone in front of her thinks they're talking to her and she bursts out crying because the advice she's given someone else quite funny. Um, the performances themselves then leading on from that are, like you said, they're both really, really great in it because they have to play themselves and then have to play each other. And I thought they did a really, really great job of playing with mm. each other. So Lindsay Lohan does that repressed adult mum thing really really well the way she sort of doesn't know how to let loose and it it, it has a great manic energy to it for particularly the middle third of the film when the main bit where they are each other there's a real manic energy of both of them it's quite fast with both of them trying to live their lives and you know Mm -hmm. you've got to be me and I've got to be you so oh my god you're gonna have to go to school and oh my god I'm gonna have to go to work and it's not somebody swap films have it that 
they knew better than the other one all along and they just excel. And there is a, a sprinkling of that, but actually what happens is they flounder mm. and it's more about learning how hard it is rather than proving how easy it is mm-hmm. for each other. Does that, do, you know what, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And And some of them, you get some moments where they do things that surprise themselves. So when Tess is in Anna's body, they've just done like a test, haven't they? They're sitting an exam and she's angry at like her sort of frenemy Stacy or mm. whatever. And so she takes her test, rubs out all the answers and just writes, I am stupid all over it. But you would never expect Tess to do that. But it's like the pressure and the intensity yeah. of high school that she wasn't expecting has kind of got to her. And so she's done something there that she's clearly not proud of. And she has a few little moments like that where she, because obviously she thinks that she's, you know, very, isn't she a doctor? Like she's, she's a very yeah. respectable, you know, an author and all this kind of thing. And then actually when it comes down to it, when you're put in really emotionally intense situations, you do crack and you do do things that are, you know, not very great to other people and maybe fill you with shame later. But I thought that was really interesting. And you saw a bit of that and you do kind of see them develop as as themselves as the film goes on. Yeah, and, and that's what I liked about it. It wasn't, you. I've got it so hard. I've got it so hard. It'd be easy to be you. It's more realising that both of them have it hard. And then that leads me to my sort of final point, which is I really like some of the messages of the film. So... Mm-hmm. For a lot of it, it seems like your bog standard body swap film and that they're just a mother and a daughter that aren't getting along. And there's a really strong emotional beat towards the end when you realize that actually. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Why they're not getting along is because they lost their dad and their husband. Mm. Which I, I really enjoy that idea of it's actually about coping with loss and also accepting the new uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's new partner. Mm. And I liked his characterization as well, because it wasn't, I'm here to be your new dad. It was the mm-hmm. opposite. He was like, and there's a bit where he says at the end, doesn't he? He goes, I'm not like here to be, you shouldn't be putting me ahead of them. It should be, you're putting them ahead of me. And we're mm. very much here to be companions and partners and we love each other. But I fully have to accept the package you come with sort of mm. thing. And I really like that moment as well. It certainly appeals to my own sort of sentimentality and, and stuff like that. So I liked that idea. It really knocked me for a loop a little bit at the end. Quite emo- you know, It's quite emotional, that idea of dealing with loss and acceptance in a similar way with, with you know, other films of this ilk. But this definitely did it, in terms of emotional beats, definitely did the best. Okay, then. So we will move on then to talking about things that we... Dislike eh, about Freaky Friday. Oh wow, that was yeah. that was rough, Joe. That was bad, that wasn't it. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> was there anything? I don't get the impression there's going to be lows, but we've both touched on it a little bit there. So, so what what do you think? Was there anything you didn't like? Anything you noticed this time? Anything you'd change? There are a few things, but there are no major offenders in this for me, really. But my least favorite thing about this film, I would say, is so towards the end, we're at the rehearsal dinner for Tess and Ryan's wedding, and we're approaching the climax of the film. So when they switch back, right? And like you said, there's a lot of emotionally charged moments um, in in this sequence because they're finally getting to the sort of the crux of why they feel the way they getting do. Getting it all out on the table. Exactly, exactly. Um, so the moment that directly leads to all this, so Anna, who is in Tess's body, she gives quite an emotional and heartfelt toast about, you know, how she struggled to accept Ryan at first, but now she's really happy for her mum and all that. But it feels like it should be Tess in Anna's body who's giving that speech or maybe there's a bit more of a joint speech going on with the two of them chime in because it must have just looked so strange to the people who were there and especially Ryan. So the words that she says and the messages she's conveying aren't really relevant to Tess and are much more relevant to Anna, but she's still in Tess's body. So it is great and nice for the audience and for each other, but anyone in that room listening to that speech would have been like, why the fuck is she saying all this right now of all times? Like talking about the dead dad saying like, oh yeah, I couldn't cope with Ryan. I miss my dad. He was a great dad and all this. And it was just a bit like, it. for me, it feels like it should have been coming from Tess in mm. Anna's body and that it was weird coming from Anna in Tess's body but only weird for the people who were there, and especially see, Ryan. See, I, I really liked that bit. Did you? Yeah, yeah so I, I thought it's, it's one of those conveniences that you just write off. doesn't make sense to anyone else, right? Yeah. But for the purposes of the story, because stuff like that, if it's done poorly, you can absolutely go, that didn't make any sense. It's just emotional bollocks. I didn't get mm-hmm. on board with it. But for me, I liked it because it was, it was just to her mum. I think that's the point. Mm. It's not to the room. It's to her mum, and it's her going... I accept this guy. I accept right. what we've been through, what we've been through shit, but we're on the same team now. I know he isn't my dad, but I accept him for what he is because earlier on he showed himself to be not trying to be a replacement. 
Mm-hmm. So I liked that bit, even though I completely understand what you're saying about it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense, sorry. But for the emotional beat and for what I got out of it as a reaction, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, t- I, know I, totally, I totally get where you're coming from as well. But And it just felt a little bit odd. And then the really anticlimactic thing is then after, so the bodies switch, they switch bodies back again. And then Anna kind of chimes in and just goes, and I'm just so happy to be here. And it was like, is that it? Like, that felt really weird. Like, so your mum is stood there crying her eyes out doing the speech. And she's just like, and I'm just so happy to be here. Again, just a bit odd, especially for the people in the room that are having to witness it. Um, there are a couple of other things as well, but just really, really small things. So Harry, who is Anna's younger brother and seems quite young, like he's still very much a child. And I think he's in sort of, primary school, whatever you'd call that in America, is that elementary school? Yeah. Yeah, he's got incredibly advanced handwriting. <laughs> Did you notice this? Yeah. So we go to his school and we see an essay that he has handwritten. Oh, yeah. And it's in, this, it's in like this really elegant cursive style and it just didn't seem to match he's his like, age. He's like six, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but his handwriting's beautiful. And it was so weird because it's a really, um, like as a prop or as, as like a, a thing to be in the film, it's really overt. Like you get a real close up of it, and, and you don't you need see to a little see bit it, about what you? is written. You don't, you don't need to see the paper. You can just be like, "Oh, look at this." Hands it over, reads it. But hands also, it maybe back. get a six. Maybe get that actor to. I'm assuming <laughs> that actor himself didn't write that. It looks like Lindsay Lohan wrote it. It does. Like you say, it's an adult's handwriting. Yeah, it just gets me every time that. <laughs> um, and just finally, so Ryan thinks it's a good idea to surprise Tess with a guest appearance on a TV show to talk about a book she's written. Now, even if it wasn't Anna in Tess's body, you don't surprise someone with that. Like, he literally waited until they were on the set to divulge that information. I was like, are you kidding me? She's going to need time to plan. She needs to check herself in the mirror. She actually thinks about, she needs to think about what she's going to say. And I know this seems crazy given the film that we're watching, but this felt a bit unrealistic and like not in keeping with all the other challenges that they face by body swapping. When would you figure out because you're walking into a TV set, right? That building can't have been anything else. He had her eyes covered. Oh, does he? It? Had his, Imagine. He, he's got his hands over her eyes. I was like, if you knew that that's where you're taking her, you tell her as soon as you, you tell her in the car. It's like, listen, babe, I got you a slot as on a this daytime TV yeah. show. Now, here's what you can talk about. But he's, she's literally there on the set when she finds out. <laughs> I was like, I'd be mortified. I'd be fuming. <laughs> Imagine Ollie or, or Abby being like, Oh, uh, I've got your surprise. You're on the Graham Norton show right now talking exactly. about the podcast. Exactly. What? Yeah, yeah, you're on right now. You're on with other people. Go on, go and fucking talk about the podcast. I've not prepared you for this in any way. Go and bomb exactly. on national television. So it just didn't fit in with kind of all the other challenges that they were facing, which felt like there was always an explanation behind things. Like the one that really stands out to me is that, so Anna in Tess's body has to go and pick up the Volvo, right? Because mm. the car's in the garage. But we see... Tess crashed the car the day before. So it's like, oh yeah, well the car is in the garage. This isn't just a, you know, an elaborate way to try and get her behind the wheel of a car and see how bad she drives or whatever. Like that makes sense. Mm. So, and there was a lot of it did make sense, but that one, I was like, Ryan, what are you doing, man? She's stressed. She's just written a book. She's getting married. She's fighting with her daughter. And you want to surprise her in air quotes with a daytime TV slot. Crazy. But it's like that's surprising someone with work. <laughs> it's, 
like, I got you this work thing. Yeah. What? Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I um, never even noticed but, that. Oh, yeah. just I don't know if it's, you know, because I work in the TV industry, don't you know? <laughs> oh, well, and I, I would just know. be fuming and I would never do that to anyone. Um, but that was it, pretty much. Really, like, small fry stuff from mm. me there. On the whole, just a really enjoyable experience. Um, what about you? Uh, not loads, not loads for me. There's there is some issues with aging, which mm-hmm. is inevitable, as we've sort of established on this podcast. The film's twenty years old now, and there was a period around this time where films went, oh, it's anything goes, whatever representation you want, do what you want. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Don't think about people's feelings or the future or anything. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And there's a touch of that with this, particularly with the representation of people with mental illness. Mm-hmm. or um chinese people yes um, yes indeed it, it doesn't need to be a magic chinese fortune cookie mm-hmm. it could have just happened mm-hmm. but so that's an odd choice I, I feel that's an odd choice that is doesn't need to be in there and mm-hmm. that aged really quickly and, and not very well um as i said before it is a godless time for fashion um <laughs> i think it's aged so quickly because we remember it yeah, I was so, there. Yeah, I lived so I, it. I remember being like, I was "Oh no, Anna. these, these, yeah, these, these jeans will be great." I'll just yeah. uh, <laughs> men's hair was like, "Oh yeah, these frosted tips will never look bad." I'll yeah. always, like, oh, this up, uh, my hair will just simply be spiky and nothing yeah. more. No style, <laughs> just up, up is the style. Um, mm-hmm. Some inconsistencies and imbalances in the script. So, for example, I like some of the dialogue. But some of it feels, particularly when writing the teenage characters early on in the film, feels a bit forced to be like, oh no, these are moody mm-hmm. teenage girls. Like yeah, there's a bit where yeah. one of them's like, Isn't you aren't you the maid of horror or something? It's like, mm. you know what a maid of honor is. You're like 16. Mm-hmm. Like it's not mm-hmm. don't pretend you don't that you don't need to write them moody, just have them be moody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to come across in the dialogue. So a little bit of that. Um, there's a there's quite a lot of build up before the thing happens. I think there's about twenty minutes before it happens, maybe mm. half an hour. And I thought actually I don't. The bit you talked about where they show you is great, and then it lingers a little bit for me. And they could have shown you more, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, ultimately it's a little bit formulaic, but as I said earlier, some formulas work for the, for a reason. And this is definitely one of them. So not, no massive offensive in there for me, like you said, but just a few niggly little bits. Okay then. So we shall move on to talking about the critical reception in a moment, but first Alice, I believe you're going to take us on a freaky journey down the rabbit hole. Oh, it's gonna be freaky. Strap yourselves in, <laughs> listeners, because we're heading down the rabbit hole for this segment that I'm gonna call Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. So, for this segment of Alice Down the Rabbit Hole, we're gonna start with a character in Freaky Friday called Wedding Baby, which is a character I noticed as the credits rolled. So, I just had to find out more about this superstar baby played by Zoe Waters. Zoe is the daughter of the director, Mark Waters, who also directed Mean Girls and produced 500 Days of Summer, amongst many other things. Zoe, however, only has three credits to her name on IMDb. Freaky Friday, Just Like Heaven, and Happies. Happies is a black and white comedy and is so obscure that it doesn't have any ratings or Rotten Tomatoes and costs only $5,000 to make, but does boast 
close to 6.8 on IMDb. While there's not a great deal of info about this film on the internet, but the whole thing is available on YouTube, I watched some of it and was treated to some very colourful dialogue, including lines such as, the only bottom I can think of that's a redhead would be Ed Sheeran. The film has four <laughs> reviews on IMDb, ranging from 1 out of 10 to 10 out of 10, but despite the mixed reception, it did win Best Comedy at the Europe Film Festival UK in 2021. And that was Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. <sighs> One more credit than I've got as a wedding baby, so <laughs> fair enough. Um, okay, then, so let's move on to talking about the critical reception, then, and then we will try and decide if it is indeed underrated, as mm. Alice suggests that it is. Um, I haven't seen the critical reception now. You said that it wasn't as bad as you thought it were gonna was gonna be. So mm. I'm assuming you were thinking this is you. Know, we're talking low, low scores. Like you were thinking mm. it was gonna be two, three out of ten, but it's not that bad. So I think uh-huh. it's probably gonna average out like the mid fives. Okay. Um, I think it's better than that. I think this is a solid mm. seven. I think it's wow. um, oh, nice. it's there to do a job. It does a job. It's enjoyable. Hits all the beats. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed it. Would would watch it again if it was on. Wouldn't yeah. actively seek it out. It was great. It was fine. Oh, lovely. So go on then. How did it do? How did it do? All right, here we go. So over on IMDb at the time of recording, it gets 6.3 out of 10. And then over on Rotten Tomatoes, so the critics give it 88%. Wow. Which I thought was really, really surprising. But then the audience, and this is the main reason that I picked it, the audience give it 57%. Which for me just didn't cut it. And it it kind of aligns with what you said about people just sort of dismissing mm. this genre of film with this target audience. Because for the critics to think it's that good and for the audience to be really meh on it, I was just really surprised. And it was that 57 that spurred me to. So, what's the f- so 57 on Rotten Tomatoes from the audience? What, did, audience, what, what was yeah. it on Rotten Tomatoes? On IMDb 63. 6.3. So, yeah. fairly similar give or take a few percentages between mm-hmm. those two, which are mainly audience-based. How many of those scores on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes audiences, and I'm generalising here, and I know I am, but I don't care because I think I'm right, and if I'm not, then I'm not. <laughs> but how many of them do you think were whiny little blokes yeah. <laughs> who watched it and went, man, it's not for me, and I'm going to tell the internet that I think it's not yeah. for me? Yeah. I just disagree. I Look... It averages out that at 69%. So obviously that is, is it, I said seven out of 10. So that is one, mm, one, one 1% or whatever yeah. away from what I'd say. Critically, obviously it, that is not, that oh, is, good, that, that, that. that's good. It's not, it's mm. not, you might think so. I don't think it's 88% good. Seven out of 10 is what I said. It got just below mm. that. So for me, I'm going to say, you know what? It is underrated. What about you? I agree. Only a little bit, but I do think it is. And I think Smunderated. it's so easy I th- exactly, Smunderated, my favourite <laughs> But I, I just think, like you've already said, it's easy to dim- dismiss this sort of thing. But if you really look at it, like we do, and analyse it, it is a really well-constructed film with some really great characters and some lovely world-building as well. Well, there we go. Freaky Friday, a tiny bit underrated, smunderated, 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 smunderated. A smidgen underrated. Well, there we go. I really enjoyed that one, Josh, and I'm so glad that you did too. Um, oh, but now, oh, my favourite time of the week. I love this so much, listeners. Right, Josh, what are we going to be watching for next week? This could be controversial. Ooh, this could I go. I love it already. <laughs> this could be this year's Green Lantern. 
Oh, oh. oh no, wait, because you liked Green Lantern, didn't I you? I liked Green Lantern. This Rocky could be... Balboa is what you not, need to so, say. This when year's I Green like Lantern <laughs> in terms of me picking it, not your reaction. All right, go on. So, then. you know, I was like, so here's what it is, right? Next week, mm-hmm. we're going to be watching and we're going to be talking about Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. That's that's certainly a face and a noise, mm. isn't it, Alice? Um, oh, you know what? You know what? I'm I'm in I'm I'm excited. We'll, talk, we'll probably talk about it next week, though, won't we? I'm excited for various reasons. <laughs> oh, no. I am excited. <laughs> um, okay, so next week we will be talking about Van Helsing. That's the one with Hugh Jackman from 2004. If there's oh, multiple yeah. ones, um, so yeah, join us next week for that. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you just search for Films and That, you'll find us at Just Films and That at uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're always putting stuff out there. Get in touch. We like to hear from you. We like to engage with you. Thank you very much for listening. It's always appreciated. And I tell you what as well, we are on Patreon. If you head on over to Patreon, if you're interested in episodes a day early, extended episodes, a few other bits and perks and stuff like that, get on over there. Search for us on Patreon. Any support you can give us is massively appreciated. And I'll tell you where else you can see us on the television, Alice. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, aren't we just everywhere? Every Friday from 6pm, you can find me and Josh talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. I am also uploading all the videos to Daily Motion. Yeah? You know Daily Motion? So if you go on there and type in just films and that, you'll find us and you'll see the whole back catalogue of the episodes that we've been doing. Uh, but yeah, tune in every Friday from 6pm. Yes, lots of ways to see us, hear us. Um, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week to talk about Van Helsing. Um, it's goodbye from me. Cheerio! Bye! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.